This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Australia will weather this current virus storm. The nation will emerge from its darkest hour with time on the clock to score a win. There will be a golden dawn. New heroes and life will blossom across our land. Yes, it's time to bump. It's time to thump and celebrate on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Pull them up, pull them on and pack down for bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven and the leading light of long shots, H.G. Nilsson. Let her rip, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much. Uh, Cedric Espen Sump AO torching the blindside blue paper once again. That's the power and the passion, in a nutshell, of the Sumpster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand HQ. Now, a note from our charity partners at the Blinkered Knights of Balaclava. The Knights in response to government funding, have opened up an art space under the direction of Bert the Bugler Basmati. Uh, Bert, uh, well known in the art circles, has 70 million to spend on young Australians who want to bang a gong, blow a horn, dip the wick or draw rove-style nudes. This show that Rove McManus has got uh, just drawing nudes on SBS, that's going to rate. Obviously the master, the maestro McManus, will be holding the HP pencil and looking at nudes. What's not to like? If you have something inside you, Australia, that has to come out, get in touch with the bugler today. Job keepers, welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side and Footy Season 2020 for another blast of boot festivities, frenzy and frolics. Buffs, right-thinking patriots, God talks to me, pilgrims, TP hoarders looking for another role. I never thought that'd come back into vogue. The idea that people would be rushing down to the supermarket and picking up quilting in the 24-pack, but it's back. If you're not involved, you're mad. Uh, speaking of mad, mad football freaks, H.G. Nelson opening the blindside dig for another set of, oh, I don't know, what a week. What an incredible week. A week, let me say it, and join with me, Australia. There went too much water, is barely enough. The Women's World Football Cup is on its way. I don't know if you've caught up with this news. I think it broke about 2 o'clock Friday morning, 2023. Uh, well, something's happened right at last for Australian football after a long run of outs. Congratulations to all involved in bringing this one kicking and screaming to Australia. The women do what the men could not at a fraction of the cost. Remember the 45 million that went looking for one vote, that fiasco last time? Well, that's all been put to bed with the women bringing home the bacon, if I can put it that way. Uh, Collingwood Pies and G-Town Cats are about to hub up in Perth, making uh, the joint footy central. And could the granny be shifted from Mooney Valley to Perth on that one day in October? It's a national game and nothing would say Australia more loudly than saluting the grand final in Perth. As you know, blindsiders, since the feathered one took over at the flight deck, I'm really Critical of rugby league venues, but what was that rubbish served up at Campbelltown last Sunday for the Manly Canberra? Top of the table stink. The playing surface was a joke. Volandis has to get out there with a the roller and the mower and talk to the ground staff, show them what to plant, some lovely cooch with maybe a bit of buffalo and paspalum if that's any good. That mix would do a treat and get off the roundup. They're putting far too much roundup on that surface. How does Volandis get away with it? And customer satisfaction once again is the big 
casualty in the race for cod ordinariness in rugby league geek once again. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember, Australia, to step up and have a go, to get a go. Now, while I'm super excited about this, it's an unprecedented level of excitement. Uh, as a spin-off from the last dance, the Michael Jordan doco, there's been an unbelievable surge of interest in sports trading cards. A great pastime that was big yesteryear and now super big again thanks to COVID-19 isolation. With this in mind and get to the, and get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with a, with a man who this week aided by substantial grant from the federal government, launched the Snell Snodgrass Snowball Response. That's what he's calling it for the time being. This project will create a league trading card created by nine Archibald portrait winning artists for every rugby league player, male or female, to have graced the game since 1908. It's a hell of a task. We think there might be upwards of 10,000 faces that we have to nail down and then get together with an artist and create a footy card. Every player who has played the game will get their own footy card. To get the snowy up, he dragged rugby league supremo, the man of feathers and many trousers, Peter Volandis, kicking and screaming over the line. And in a major artistic breakthrough, the Archibald trustees in the New South Wales Art Gallery have agreed that current ticketed first grade rugby league players, in other words, A-class citizens, will be the only subject matter accepted in the 21, uh, 2021 Archibald Prize for Portraiture. It's a hell of a get, that. A hell of a get. You know, look at the pressures on the on the, on the the Archibald. You know, it's open slather. You can paint whoever you bloody well like. People we don't know. Paint my great uncle. He's great. But now, at last, we have certainty that all the portraits in the Archibald in 2021 are going to be of rugby league players. And I can tell you this, the trustees were dragged kicking and screaming over the line with that one. They hate the league at the New South Wales Art Gallery. They just hate it. They hate it. They wipe their ass with it. That's what they do down there and call it art. After they have toured the nation, this uh, tremendous display of the 10,000, the original footy cards will be on permanent display at the National Portrait Gallery, Gallery in Canberra, where they will be woven into the fabric of Australian culture. And remember the Portrait Gallery in Canberra, it's worth a visit because they love the league. It's true, they love the league. The man behind the rugby league, Archibald Snowy, response is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blindside, blindside bunny emotion simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Funky dude. Yes, thanks very much, <clears throat> H.G. Nelson. What a week. It's been a week for believers in education to see what a post-COVID classroom might look like. Pens down, arms folded, seven times table, Nelson. Seven sevens are... 49. Seven eights. 56, seven tens. Seven elevens. Seven twelves. Seven elevens. 84. Yeah. Sorry, I just is the got, answer I was I, looking for. I, Thank you very much, Nelson. I just got stuck on Dorothy the Dorothy McKellar is our greatest. Uh, rugby league. Oh, oh, shit, sorry. Thank you very much. They're the values we're going to go back to. I know. Next week it'll be the eight times table. Eight no. eights are? Eight eights are 64. 64. Thank you. Didn't need the pause. Can I go and pick up rubbish now, Yes, sir? you can. Now, the surface of Cameltown, as HG has suggested... And alluded a to, it's an absolute disgrace. And not a, it, it seems to me that the eye has been off the ball with our greenkeepers, who are arguably the finest in the world, or have been up to this point, but at the moment they're looking like rubbish. And I, th- I blame the COVID crisis, no, the eyes too. off the ball, didn't think any games were going to be played, so the grass went to rubbish. 
and it just is below standard and it's an insult to all of those great players who've graced the field of rugby league over the last, well, since 1908. And don't get me Look started on Bank in the, in, the, in the encyclopedia of rugby, of rugby league, 2021 edition, which will be out very soon. Now, super coach Wayne Bennett is furious at being linked with a move to the Warriors. You can understand that. Poor buggers, the Warriors, they're heroes, really. Absolute hero. I mean, they got belted last night, but, you know, these things happen. Uh, he's been linked with Canterbury. Mm, don't, know about, don't know if that's going to happen. He's been linked with St George. Ah. Now, unfortunately, people aren't associating or keeping the link with South Sydney going with uh, Supercoach Bennett. And this is what's getting up his nose, I think. And this is what's causing the players a little bit uncertainty we saw on the park last night. Uh, they're not gelling properly. It looks as if, you know, there are two groups within the team, pro-Bennett, anti-Bennett. You know where this goes. Yeah. It never ends up well. Uh, Now, Brad Fittler has re-signed as the origin coach until the end of the 2021 series, which is great news. Uh, Let's just hope that he can uh, match his success of the last two seasons with the two seasons to come of State of Origin because it's certainly... Brought the uh, brought the concept back to life oh, in New South Wales. It was dead totally dead in New South Wales. But wherever I go these days, kids are talking blues. When's it on? Who's going to be in the team? You know, bloody blah. So many questions. I can't answer them. Eight times tables. Thank you. Now. One side is eight. Two eights are 16. Yes, three that's eights enough. Thank you very much, Nelson. Arms folded. Stand up. Sit up straight. Thank you. Now, talk of a cross-code blockbuster between the Kangaroos and the All Blacks. I'm, I'm telling you now, it's not going to happen. Um, one up between the, uh, let's say, oh, I don't know, the Kangaroos and the Wallabies. <laughs> Imagine that. The interest? Zilch. Mm. Zilch. Or the Waratahs and the Warriors. What about, oh, could we field 15 Waratahs? I don't, I don't think know so. How many? Oh, I don't think we could. Anyway, the rural and regional Anzacs are quite happy to take on the Kangaroos. At Concord Oval. And I tell you what, the developments there are looking incredible. It's looking like something out of space. I know. I know. Something out of space has landed at Concord Oval and I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as as, as HG has alluded to, Australia has won the Women's World Cup. But, I mean, the question everyone's asking is, shamefully, shamefully, and I'm not putting it as a question, shamefully England voted for Colombia. For Colombia. More on this later. Mm. We can't let this one go. Mm. England. God almighty, I've had enough of them. <laughs> now, um, mystery surrounding, or the mystery surrounding the the sacking of uh, Cricket Australian Supremo, Supremo, Kevin Roberts, it's deepened this week with Test Captain Tim Payne suggesting that he, Roberts, had a terrific relationship with the players. He was someone the players could turn to, could trust, someone who would listen to them. And we'll bring about changes, the changes they wanted. He's a good man. Anyway, he's gone. And we don't know why. Nobody's given a reason. Mm-hmm. And we're all ears. We're all ears. Now, players are seething over changes to the rules of netball. Oh. Now, they're introducing what's called a super shot, which is going to be worth two points. No consultation. None whatsoever. This wasn't drag kicking and screaming over the line. This was 
This was implemented at gunpoint. Mm. Volandis style. Well, no. Volandis would have dragged them kicking and screaming uh, over the line. All the players would have agreed with it. Kicking and screaming, but they would have been in agreement as they got over the line. But not with this slot. It's a, it's a barrel to the forehead of all the players with the uh, trigger cocked. There's no way to go. Diamond's captain, that's Caitlin Bassett, whom I listen to whenever I can, she's called it insane. Bassett's position is that it's, it's insane. 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 And I agree with her. Speaking of insane, Novak Djokovic. Oh, yeah, well, enough said. We, he's turn, his tournament, his personal tournament, has turned pear shape, of course, as we'd expect with the COVID outbreak. Four players have been infected now, including Djokovic. He could well win the inaugural Verstappen Award or the Verstappen Medal as the world's 2020 ass clown of the year. That's the Verstappen. That's the Verstappen. It's due to be announced in, I think, November. Was yeah, it November, November the 8th? Yeah, just after the Cup. Yep, November the 8th. Mm. Glittering, glamorous yes, occasion. Will People be. from all over the world coming. Exactly. Now, uh, Olympic swimming champ, Kyle Chalmers, he says that doping is happening everywhere. Everywhere. But he had a a corollary which gave me a little hope. Everywhere, but not in Australia. (laughs) Make of that what you will. Could Greater Western Sydney Giant Grub of the Year, Toby Green, be on the lurk near you? Download the app that lets you know where TG is 24-7 and stay safe. This public service is brought to you by Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, listen, I know last week we broke the story that a lot of you were getting a lot of information from the front pages of Chinese newspapers that it was to do with the Dally M Player of the Year. Yes. And remember, of course, you got that terrific collect on the trifecta mm. of the three players. The China Daily from memory made the announcement 24 hours prior to the right, announcement. Yeah, yep. they, in their What's On in Australia column. Yep, yep. Very popular. Now, I've started reading... And I yeah. tell you what, it it opens your mind mm. to what's going on in Australia mm-hmm. way better than you get from the local media. For instance, oh, yes. this story about the uh, uh, Bart Campbell, the Storm Power Broker, the Melbourne Storm Power Broker, buying a whole slab of rugby league. Yes. I mean, I had no idea this no. was going on. No, no. Is uh, it Chinese money, HG, do we know? Yes, it looks that way. Can mm. I just give people an idea is that the Storm Power Broker mm. is behind a plot. Yes. A plot? Yeah. Yep. Is, that, is that your That's understanding, understanding before I plot, let you yeah. lose a yeah. plot, yeah. plot yeah. for private investors to buy up to 20% stake in NRL that could be worth a staggering $600 million. Now, can I point out there's a lot of money floating around the world looking to be parked somewhere mm-hmm. uh, because of the volatility in stock markets. And well, you're not getting any interest you're not, in banks. No, that's yeah. right. So yeah. Yeah. I reckon that if you sold off the whole lot, let's say you can do the maths better than me, if 20% gets you – sorry, if $600 million gets 20%, what's the mm-hmm. whole lot worth? Five mm-hmm. times that? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at um, yeah. 30, oh, I can't do the most quick, 3 billion. Yep, 3 billion. Now, yeah. that's not... Well, that's a conservative estimate too, isn't it, when, you, when you think of it, rugby league. You know, if you ask anyone in the street, what do you think rugby league's worth? They're going to say, oh, 1,000 billion, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> or priceless. It's priceless. You can't put a price on it. 
cup of <laughs> That's right. Now, the Herald, uh, who read the same papers as we did from China, yep. revealed uh, overnight that Campbell gave a presentation to the ARL Commission in mid-April and since then has been meeting with clubs, garnering support for the private equity model favoured by several sports around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's understood, um, it remains unclear, which companies might uh, be interested in buying in. Hawaii. Yeah, well, start. I, I was thinking and wondering about uh, Mark Rusciuto Motors from Main North Road uh, in Adelaide. I'm All right. pretty sure they'd yep. be up they'd for, be in. They'd be in for a big slab. Okay. Yep. Um, it's understood uh, Campbell has been working with London sports broker Oakwell Sports Advisory, which earlier this year told the NRL it could facilitate a 250 million line of credit because of the crisis. Okay. Now Campbell told the commission the NRL is worth three billion. That's the figure that yes. we worked out. Yep. On that basis, 20% stake, obviously. The NRL is sceptical. It believes Campbell's model is misleading. That misleading? Right. How can that be? Are institutional investors getting behind this? They would, be. they would You know, be. The, yeah. the big people, I think, uh, is it uh, uh, BlackRock? Yes. I think is getting behind it. I think they're rugby league mad in at the BlackRock HQ. Mm. Uh, it's not a big organisation, obviously, that doesn't have to be because all they sure. do is money and yeah, digital yeah, 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 and all yeah. that sort of stuff. I assume there's a fair bit of uh, United States money in there as well. There would be. Yep. So now, it's Chinese money, United Chinese States money. money. Obviously, thick with Chinese money. Yep. They just love rugby league. They yep. got a sniff of it some time ago with Super League. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, an attempt to get them in some years ago. Sure. Now, the NRL generates $300 million in profit each year, but most of that is distributed to the players, clubs and state leagues. Mm-hmm. Now, hang on a minute. Is that the right way to talk about money? They generate money that would be normally spent on putting on the show that generates the money. Yes. So it's not really profit as in you can walk away with it. No. You're paying, you know, no, no, the no. people who they're are... They're ongoing costs. Ongoing costs yeah. like Cam Smith. Yeah. Now, last year the game made a surplus of just $30 million and clubs ran a combined loss of $33 million. Wow. So Campbell did not return the calls to the China Daily, but it can be revealed that a series of Zoom calls have been held in recent weeks with club bosses from Storm, Nick Polites, uh, the Roosters was in, Penrith people, Warriors, no surprises there, very go-ahead there business-wise, and the Broncos. Yep, yep. Now, the the chairman, Peter Volandis, the man of feathers and many trousers, charged fellow commissioner and leading businessman Gary Weiss with investigating Campbell's proposal after his presentation. Weiss wasn't enthusiastic when he reported back. He said the clubs are interested because they think they're getting a sugar hit. This is a big injection of cash, but it doesn't work like that. One prayer broker familiar familiar with the negotiation said there's a lot of warts on it. Right. Where do you stand on this, Roy, and what have you heard? Well, look, I am pro-private investment in rugby league, always have been, ever since 1908. Not that I was around then, but the concept was to separate it from the amateur code of rugby rugby union. union. And we can see rugby union is now a basket case and we can see rugby league is thriving. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand there's got to be some belt tightening. Of course there's got to be some belt tightening. No one's going through the gates. No. There's no money being made there. No. There, there's been a huge turnoff when it comes to viewership. Yes, on the uh, television. On the on the television. Product. People the, uncertain about people it. People uncertain about what they're seeing mm. as a TV show. It's it's sort of okay, but it hasn't ignited the sort of interest that people would have hoped. Skid marks types would have hoped. Now. Once the crowds get back in, we've got to see this through the prism of a post-COVID world. Now, if a post-COVID world is going to exist, Mm -hmm. i.e., should certain monies from the rugby league be siphoned off towards finding a cure for the virus? 
Uh, is that the way to go? Is that where rugby league money should be going? What an excellent idea. If because if rugby the... league can solve the problem of the virus, then rugby league can solve the problem of the world. And hands down, money just flows. <laughs> yes, and you money know? will flow. Mm. Yes. Now, Volanders declined to comment when contacted uh, midweek, citing commercial incompetence. That we would say that, though, wouldn't yes, he? Yes, he would. He's just being cunning, cagey. Cunning, yeah. Yep. But he has spoken before about the idea of selling a minority share of the NRL. Mm. We would entertain anything that is for the benefit of the game. Yes. Uh, if there is benefit to, to the game, absolutely, we'd look at it. Uh, with our current financial situation, we'd be negligent if we didn't if we look didn't, at it, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, you, yeah, you that's, just, that's just normal fiduciary right. duty material that you would expect from a CEO. Could multinationals own NRL teams? Imagine a top four in 2022 featuring the Tesla Rabbits, the Amazon Eels, the Facebook Tigers and the Huawei Broncos. Rugby League, it's a funny old game and nothing would surprise bludging on the blind side. Now, you mentioned and I mentioned in my opening comments that rubbish that was served up at, uh, you know... Campbelltown out there and remember, of course, there's a big pro-localism, pro-tribalism that Volandis has cooked up and he's – I don't know where it stands at the moment. Has he got the mm. the ba- the Barra government over the line kicking and screaming with mm. money available for these local grounds? Yeah. Or is it a cap well, yeah, At the moment they're substandard. They're substandard. Yeah. Now, the showpiece. Frustrated Sydney Roosters complained to the Bankway Stadium as ground staff over the sticky surface as Victor Radley and Sam Verlis broke down with suspected season-ending ACL injuries. Yes. That's in the Roosters v St George match. Yeah. That could cruel their whole season for the club, the, weird, these injuries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Radley certainly. I can't speak yeah. for Sammy V. You can't expect players these days to play on a sticky surface. No. You had a run on it before. I did. I said to you, it's sticky. Yeah. You had your boots torn from your feet. I did. I That's did. That's really sticky. Yes. Now, any other night in the fans would be talking about the Roosters' fifth tri- straight win, Brady Morris's hat trick at tries, the brilliance of replacement fullback, Joey yeah, Manu, yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Dufty's rifle like, etc. Yep. But to what extent the Bankwest surface contributed a couple of serious injuries, especially given the nature of the incidents, with no other players around, will be fiercely debated. Yeah, well, it's got to be some sort of inquiry. We, we need an independent view of this. See, the 360 million stadium has caught plenty of traffic since the league's return and Sunday night will have hosted a whopping 11 games in 22 days. Ah, oh, well, it's much. unsustainable. It's too much. What is the ground staff meant to do? It yes. can't alter the schedule. Can they replace the? Can they? Can they replace the the the, the surface HG in a turnaround of two days? I don't think so. No, no. Well, they'd have to have special matting, that green yes. matting, and all that sort of stuff to grow to. And it would cost millions. It would. Now you've made available Watsford Oval. I what's, have. What's the surface like? The surface is excellent. It's right. not sticky. It's it's true. Very it, little traffic. We, look, we laser leveled this mm-hmm. going back all oh, three or four seasons ago and put in a, a one. Wonderful cooch, speedy cooch. It's beautiful. It's it's rugby league compliant. Totally, <laughs> totally, and it's there and it's available. There was no form of complaints. The Roosters uh, about this match weren't uh, yep. the, were unhappy with the deck. Brad Fittler said the Roosters thought the surface was sticky, as reported, yep. and the players were getting their boots caught in the ground. A Bankwest Stadium spokesperson said the turf had held up well, but signs of wear and tear are a result of winter rye grass not getting sufficient time. Wrong grass! Winter rye, not Winter rye, time. who would plant that? I know. Hey? O- only an idiot. Only an idiot. Yeah. Someone absolutely... Someone who doesn't know their job. Doesn't know their job. Doesn't know their job. Mm. And this at a time when there's a lot of pressure on, as you say, suburban suburban grounds, 
Uh, how many of them have been laser levelled? Mm. Well, none of them. No. Apart from no. Watsford Oval. Yeah. How many of them have got that? that uh, Mix the, of yeah. grass, yes. with, which is winter, blooms in winter. That's right. Now, listen to this. But pre-game testing indicates the playing surface is stable and safe. By whom? Yes, by whom? Volanders? Yes. I don't know. I mean, is he ticketed in this area? No, he's not. No, that's the thing. It's just wandering out there yeah, with his boots on him. That's and right. Oh, you know, she's right, thumbs up. Uh, yeah, with well, just a gut feeling. And he he wasn't wearing studs. He just went out there with, you know, normal. His Raoul Mertens. With his Raoul Mertens. Well, of comfort. They're going to feel great on that service. Of course, because but of comfort. But players aren't playing in Raoul Mertens. Lodging on the blind side as a proud supporter of the interfaith, club-neutral, ecumenical church service for players, officials, fans and families held weekly at 6am at Lotto Land. No need to book, just turn up. i tell you what, there was no such troubles at the uh, SCG where they've now incorporated a bit of uh, homegrown into the uh, grass there, which is oh, holding yeah. up beautifully. It is. Well, holding up beautifully, it you know. Would. It would. It's a, a terrific job they've done there. Yes. And what's it's interesting... It, it, well, they've got that marvellous bull-eye soil. They have, which grows anything. Which grows anything. And, dense, and, and they had dense. a mixture of cooch, uh, rye, mm-hmm. I think. Nepalese heads. Yes. Nepalese gold. Yep. That was just... It's fantastic, isn't it? it yes. Is. It was fantastic. Yep. Now, <clears throat> these incidents largely happened to players when no-one else was around mm. and it was the stickiness, yeah. unlike the Howe incident last night over at the Giants-Collingwood match, which yeah, is a yeah. very serious incident, uh, you know, to a knee yes. and Howe looks as though he'll be out for some time. Yeah. Uh, is and that, that the same knee did I'm some not sure. time back? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't help you there. People who follow the Collingwood yep. Football Club would know yeah. uh, Howe's injury, mm. but um, a very sad because he's an excellent player yeah. and uh, holds the back line together. Yeah, he's gone for the season. Well, that's it some suggestion. See. Yeah, it some suggestions see. of that. Yeah. Now, we come to the problem that Volandes has got. And this is what I like. You know, this is why he's, he's, he gets the feathers. Yep. The only people that will get in to rugby league matches will be members of the clubs or season ticket holders mm-hmm. where we know all their details. Good. It's to assure the government that no one from Victoria will be allowed in. Okay. Now, wait, 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 wait. Right. will be allowed in. Yep. By allowing members in, we know their addresses, we know all their details, their blood types, mm-hmm. their recent experience of COVIDity. Yep. So we can safeguard against any Victorians getting in. Oh, right. Now, what sort of software have they got, HG? Have they got uh, that Hawaii 5G software that uh, is able to read faces and place the face into a context, i.e., Victorian. Off you go. Off you go. What I think they've got is they've mm. got gate software, yes. gate recognition, because yep. everybody knows the masking <clears throat> and that doesn't give a very accurate picture yep. of the people's faces anymore. Okay. It never did really. Yep. But now with gate recognition, right. Good. which, uh, I again, I'm reading the China Daily here to yes. get keep up to speed with what they're doing with gate recognition in China. Mm. I understand that, uh, mm. you know, people have spoken. Yes. Rugby League have made trips to China. Yes. Uh, this will be written up in the Sunday edition of the China Daily to Good. get you an idea of who's gone. I know Brad Fittler's just got back. Yes. All this sort of stuff's going on. Gus Gould's had Ma- a look Mal at Meninga. it. Mal Meninga. He <laughs> yeah, was in China on. last week. I yeah. know that as a fact. Yep. John, <laughs> John Hopawade went. Yes. I'm he not loves sure it there. He, <laughs> and they love him. <laughs> they do. He's re- fated across the nation yeah. as a, a rugby league star. Yeah. 
Anyway. Is it possible, HG, that people could present themselves to their clubs and get microchipped? And that way, all they've got to do is turn up at the ground and the chip would be recognised by the barrier gate. Doot, up you go, through you go. Yeah. Now, can I ask about the protocols? Mm. Are we still asking people to take their clothes off and slip into the hand sanitizer bath mm-hmm. before showering and then moving on? And people, we're warning people with grapes not to come because it's going to be <laughs> it difficult. Stings, to, yes. Yeah, that's right. Well yep. done. Yep. Is that yep. all under control? Because... I'm, well, my understanding is that the at the end of this month, all of that's finished. That that uh-huh. uh, that special service, that special service, and uh, those special demands are going. And I think uh, certain players are going to be released back into the community. Now, are you worried about? that? I am very worried about it being premature. Yes, mm-hmm. and I've advised that it, 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 at the very earliest November. Right, that's your biosecurity message to the... That's my message. That's the, my advice. The Barra Barra government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rugby League. That nobody attends Rugby League unless they hop into the sanitizer bath, nude, shower off very quickly, get dressed, go in. Now, that's what's got to happen. Mm. Same with the players. Mm. I know. Well, that's being done with the players. I know. The players have been exemplary in this regard. Now, Some of them look forward to it. Can I ask two things? Mm. Uh, you and I have called for years for rugby league players to be isolated in jail during the week and let out to play yes. football. Now, we've got that situation and look how calm the game's been. Exactly. It's, uh, it, the players Very been, few incidents. Very few incidents. Very the, few. Yeah. The, odd the police thing, have never had less to do. I know. The odd thing over at Canterbury Bankstown, Belmore yes. Way, but that's yep. what you expect. Yes. They're the entertainers. They do things differently over that's there. That's right. But that's right. then we come mm. to the release of players back into the community. This terrifies me. It terrifies me too. And because it's terrifying it... a lot. It's terrifying the police. The World Boxing Federation is committed to the development of the quantum computer, supports astronomy and believes in rational debate. No other sport has made such commitments. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. You know, Victorians are cunning as shit-ass rats. I've got... I know people who are members of the Collingwood Football Club but they don't live anywhere near the Collingwood Football Ground or anything connected with the Collingwood Football Club. They live in New South Wales. Now, don't tell me that there won't be a lot of people who follow, say, the Parramatta Reels Mm -hmm. or the, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and people will be doing this, they'll be signing up to clubs and getting full membership. Yes. Knowing that they can come and swan on in once the barriers go up because they're members. Yeah, right. But the chip would would be able oh, no, to determine. I know, oh, I understand that the their chip, address. Chip, oh, the chip goes way beyond anything yes. you've thought about. Yeah, the chip gives you their whole history. The whole history, the games they've attended. Yes, when they were favourite players. Yeah, fa- that's right. That's right. <laughs> Attitude towards rule changes. The punts they've had. The punts they've had. Yes, yeah. but uh, just just speaking randomly, HG, I didn't notice that uh, with this return to the tribalism that uh, the man Blanders. of golden feathers has been uh, spruiking. Uh, there's been a call for teams to return to their roots for the Bulldogs, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, to become the Berries again. Is this Verlanders? This is Verlanders. The Canterbury-Bankstown Berries. The Berries. Yeah, they were Berries until the mid-60s. Um, the Manly Sea Eagles were the Sea Gulls originally. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Arco will disagree with this, but he's wrong. They were originally Sea Gulls. 
The eels were the fruit pickers. The Parramatta, the Parramatta fruit, fruit pickers. In the blue and gold? In the blue and gold. Uh-huh. No wonder um, they didn't win the flag till 86. Sure. Wests were the cherry pickers. Well, what is this thing with fruit? I know. Well, Glebe, one of the foundation clubs, they were the fruiterers. The Glebe fruiterers. Are you suggesting today here on Bludging on the Blind yes. Side that we return to Well, I, I, I'm not making a recommendation yet. No. I'm just saying what I've heard that Volanders wants, to return to these to these roots. Original roots. To these original roots. St George were the dragon slayers, mm. not the dragons. You can understand the confusion amongst the team now. I know. Who well, are what, we? What, we're the dragons now. We're the slayed ones. And that's how they're playing. They're playing like they're beaten before they go out there. Yeah. Uh, because they're they're not slayers, they're, they're dragons. dragons. Yeah. I mean, duh. Get with the program, St George. You're slayers and you're playing the cherry pickers. Wow, what a fixture. I'll be certainly going out to see that <laughs> one and I bet you I can jump a fence and avoid all the problems of being not chipped. Oh, and you somewhere. don't need a chip. Yeah. Right. Do you reckon what a great thing for the clubs to get involved with that let's yeah. say chipping you cost... Uh, $100, yep. what a great revenue raiser because you bet your bottom dollar they could do it for 20 cents. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. well, the Chinese could do it for almost nothing. <laughs> now, a bit of loot. Uh, the uh, build-up to the Sydney Olympics 20 years ago continues here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Yep. We're giving away a, a VHS double pack of the Moscow Olympics 1980. This is Volume 7 in the series, the official films of the Olympic Games. And this one, like all these, are exempt from classification. So you might see some weird gear in here. I've watched this one. This has got... Uh, oh, the East Africans burst onto the scene in Moscow with uh, long-distance running. Uh, British competitor Alan Wells, of all people, won the 100-metre sprint. Uh, with the closest win in 28 years. I'm not sure what that covers. And, of course, the other Britons, uh, Steve Ovett and uh, Sebastian Coe, took the 800 and 1,500 metre uh, double. I've got to say that these games were compromised by a lot of boycotts, though, weren't they? Yes, the they 1980 were. games. Were. But anyway, it's all here, all the magic. Mishka, I think, was the mascot. Oh, who can forget Mishka? Oh, no. Fantastic yeah. bear, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's uh, the first uh, bit of loot for the afternoon, the official little films of the Olympic Games, Moscow 1980. Now, double-packed VHS. Yep. Roy, what's the question? The question is, uh, when is the 2020 Verstappen Award to be announced? When is the award to be announced? If you are a genuine person of faith and love rugby league, what can you do? Just believe. HG? Who are we talking to, Roy? Yes, we're joined by Vivian, who's joining us from Lamb Island. How are you there, Vivian? Hello, Roy. How are you? Very well indeed. Now, you, you have us at a disadvantage here, Vivian. Where is Lamb Island? Right. It's one of the four southern Moulton Bay Islands. It's nestled between Straddy, North Stradbroke Island, and the mainland. So it's roughly halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Right. Now, if people were thinking of taking a trip, because that would be within the um, easy get of some people, how would they get there? Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, we don't have any bridges. So it involves a ferry trip from Redland Bay. Right. So either a passenger ferry or if you want to bring your car, uh, a vehicular barge. A vehicle. Right. And how long does it take to, uh, you know, take you, the trip. to take the trip? You, you, you drive onto the barge. How much time am I going to be on the barge before I can get off at uh, Lamb Island? Okay. About 45 minutes on the barge. But if you came by passenger ferry, yeah. only 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes 
depending on which way you go. And once right. you get there, there'd obviously be tons to do. Just give us maybe your top five. Top five. Mm, okay. Um, fishing. That's fishing. always very fishing. popular. Yeah. Fishing. Boating. Boating. Yeah. yeah, good. Have you got a knick-knack shop where you might be able to get some locally made artisanal products? Mm, not really. That's That's something that... You know, the local community hasn't really caught on to yet. Well, well, well yeah. are the facilities there? Is there a supermarket, Vivian? Yeah, well, on Russell Island, there's a, there's a supermarket, a very large. But what about on Lamb Island? There's one little um, general store. Right. Okay. Mm. So, and mm. yeah. is the population growing, Vivian? It is. It is. Because it's really, um, I mean, compared to prices on the mainland, it's very, very reasonable. Right. So you can still buy very cheap blocks of land. So there's lots of building work going on. Okay. And w- where does power come from? And uh, is there sewage there? <laughs> oh, they're, they're septic. So no no, um, no sewage, um, no. so to speak, but, but they're septic tanks. Everyone has their septic tanks. There is electricity, though, yeah. and they come across um, from the mainland. From the mainland, and, and okay. The big issues mm. on the island, you know, overdevelopment, uh, protecting the environment, uh, fishing, fished out, got a, are they the sort really, of things? Really all of those, but the, the, the major issue is, is bridges or a bridge to Russell Island, and that will um, sort of cause great divisions, even amongst family members, as to whether there should be a bridge or there shouldn't be a bridge. Will it open up Lamb Island if there is a bridge? Um, not overly so, because you still would have to catch um, a ferry to Russell Island. So um, it's really Russell Island that would benefit from the bridge. Um, and it would really become a parking lot for the other three islands. Okay. For, now, how do people at, uh, at Lamb Island get on with people at Russell Island? Fine. No, there's no sort of rivalry between the islands. Right. right. And would both, uh, if there was, say, a cricket comp, an island cricket comp, which is sounding pretty good now that I think about it, would both Russell and Lamb be able to field teams? Well, there's, there's a cricket team on Russell which has members from the other island. Oh, so okay. Sort of, Fair and what about kids going to school? Is there is there a school on Lamb Island? Uh, no, but... No. No, there isn't. But there's a school, there's primary schools on on Russell and Maclay, and most of the kids on land would go to school at Maclay, which is a five-minute boat ride. Yes. Or if they went to the Russell School, it's a seven-minute boat ride. And what about high school? They go to the mainland, to Victoria Point. Mm. And how do they get there? Obviously on ferries. They catch, but... they, they catch the ferry and then a bus from Redland Bay to, to Victoria oh, Point. Okay. okay, so door-to-door, if you've got a kitty on Lamb Island who's going to high school, how long does it take to get from... See you later, Mum, to... Hello, teach. Hello, uh, six times table? Sure, not a problem. Probably um, about 45 minutes. Oh, OK. Oh, well, that's, oh, that's all right. That's doable. For somehow, I yeah. imagined, you know, a day and a half. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I suppose kids would get pretty, you know, boat compliant pretty early. They'd spend a lot of time in boats. They do. Yeah, they do. And what about uh, what about fishing? Yeah, what about lots it? Of fishing, yeah, lots of fishing's done from the... Um, from the jetties. Yeah. Um, there's a fishing club on Russell Island. There may well be fishing clubs on other islands. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's also a yacht club uh, on uh, Karagara okay. Island. So yeah. perhaps people fish off their yachts. Is it fair to say Russell Island is the big noise around the place? It is. Yeah. It is, although there is, there's a little bit of dispute between it and Maclay as to there's a roughly the same size population-wise. So people might say one's better than the other, but that's the extent of rivalry. Mm. 
Well, thanks very much for this, Vivian. It's a terrific outline. I've got a much firmer grasp on that part of the world. I'd never heard of Russell Island before. Sorry, or Lamb Island. No, or Lamb Island. I've heard of Russell Island. It's great there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, let Roy set out the question and have a swing at it. Now, uh, Vivian, uh, when is the 220 Verstappen medal winner to be announced? November the 8th. Yes. Absolutely right, Vivian. We'll get these Olympic films, Moscow Oh, By the by, who do you think is shortlisted to win it? Dear me. Oh, I really... Um, Plays I really tennis. Plays tennis. Come down with the virus. Djokovic. Thank Correct. you. Excellent. Yes, there, there may be more challenges between now and November the 8th, <laughs> believe you me. Anyway, the uh, the VHSs of the Moscow uh, 1980 Games, Volume 7 of the uh, uh, the official Olympic Games film, be on their way to you via Russell Island onto Lamb Island as soon as, well, as soon as the mail will uh, arrive. Australian confused by the terms multi, pick the score, first try scorer or pick the margins bludging on the blind side provides a free helpline service dial 1800 backdoor Benny and make an appointment for the whole family Roy that uh, decision by netball or super netball to introduce a new scoring system just on the eve of the competition has yeah. got people thinking. Now, the enti- I've never heard of this before, but the entire super netball playing group, mm-hmm. the entire They're super... They're opposed to it. <laughs> yeah, has yeah. signed off on a letter of, to the competition's bosses after repeated failures to consult players on major decisions within the game. Mm-hmm. Players said they, as, as reported in your opening comments, mm-hmm. players said they had again been blindsided by Super Netball Commission, which introduced a controversial two-point system, goal system on Tuesday without consulting them. Mm-hmm. As a result, Australian Netball Players Association fired off the letter uh, suggesting, well, netball players are not just cattle that train and play. That was the... Uh, ANPA Vice President comment. We are smart, articulate, authentic and capable people. Mm-hmm. This is Netball Australia's problem now with the uh, players speaking up for themselves. That's the last thing the people in head office wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, the letter said the players were shocked and disappointed by the rule. We're told that only two hours before the change was made public, the Super Shot awards two goals for a successful shot from the outer, point, uh, outer portion of the gold circle in a final five minutes of each quarter. Oh, it's pretty elaborate. Yeah. The announcement, etc. Yeah. Now, the players' uh, president, the ANPA president, Natalie Medhurst, said Tuesday's announcement had soured the relationship between the players and the board. Just throw a, a backboard on it and call it basketball. Yes, exactly. Yes. How, anyway, these yeah. sort of changes, it just concerns me moving forward. How far are we going to keep going? What kind of game are we going to be playing in a couple of years? Yes. Now, just yeah. on that, I noticed that the super netball chair, Marina Go, who might have been run the Tigers for a while, the Balmain Tigers okay. for a while. Right. Anyway, male sports is ma- are making innovative changes to their rules to increase the entertainment value of the game and they're doing that to position themselves to uh, ge- uh, obviously generate greater revenue opportunities. Yep. We need to be as agile as them. But this is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Is the s- magic circle drawn on the court? Well, it'll have to be. There were, otherwise, you'll have it? a tape measure out there all the time measuring the five-metre distance you've got to be from, from the, the goal to, t- to get the two points. It, it is just it, it's in, insane, as insane. others have said. Now, I suggested to you off air yeah. that uh, Jack I, you know, Lawn Bowles, yes. would introduce the atomic drop. Oh, yes. Uh, so this would be the dropping of a... a, a so you'd a, use like a shot put. 
Yeah, that's right, of a, of a ball, yes. a, a, you know, obviously a, a, a bowl mm -hmm. uh, from a certain height and yeah. you could choose your height, maybe 10 metres, always going for the 20 metres, oh, oh. metres up to the 15 metres. And what's the object? To smash the jack? Correct. Okay. I just picked that as an example. Well, do, well, you might as well do something like that. I mean, it's just as absurd, just as insane. Insane. <laughs> I mean, the thing about... The thing about netball is actually it's never been stronger. It's never been in a better position. The diamonds are one of the most valued commodities mm -hmm. for commercial interests in the country. And they've got the super netball underway. People yes. are following it. And, and, I'm th and the I'm traditional rivalry between uh, with New Zealand and with England. I know. Uh, I mean, it's... More people are playing it than any other sport. Than any other sport. And here they want to go and muck around with yes. it. Because Why? Because why? Very good question. Do you know what I, I, I... I'm just wondering if punting's involved here. Well, it must be. Do you understand what I mean? It must the, be. You know, the betting yeah, yeah. is yes. know, somehow involved in this and this gives them an extra variable yeah. In, yeah. as in how many two-pointers are we going to get in the game or 20, yeah. 30, 40? I mean, I might be drawing a longbow here, actually, but I'm just wondering idly if the Chinese are somehow involved. I mean, would they want to... Bugger up a competition. Bugger up one of our finest... Competitions? Do you know what? I don't think I've never heard of Chinese netball. It's probably no. really an underground comp there. Like, you know? Well, it was more to do, yes, more to do with the Commonwealth, wasn't it? Yes, it was spread correct. by the Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So, it so it does have me. a baggage that would get up the nose of, of Beijing. Yes, it would. Or it does because Beijing was never part of the Commonwealth. No, no, never. Now there's a story. Could rapprochement be built mm. between Commonwealth countries and Beijing? Yes. And sport become part of all of that? Yes. The 2020 Olympic Games are now the 2021 agenda. This change of date is the greatest Olympic challenge ever. If anyone can pull it off, it'll be the awesome foursome of John Coates, Lord Gosper, Bruce McAvaney and Dick Pound. The Olympics could not be in safer hands than these four bludgers on the blind side. Uh, yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. Remember, if you want to get involved with the show, uh, email royanhg at abc.net.au and if you're waiting for bin night, you might need the podcast, just simply go to the ABC Listen app. Emails, Roy, what have you got? Uh, yes, uh, and uh, someone's got in on the text, actually, suggesting um, if the Man of Golden Feathers wants a grassroots return to rugby league, why not implement a game between the Parramatta Fruit Pickers against the Western Suburbs Cherry Pickers? at the spiritual original West's home ground, Pratton Park. Uh, can they still get a couple of uprights up at Pratton Park? I haven't been I back in I, years. I haven't thought of Pratton Park in a long time, but wouldn't no. that be wonderful? Do you reckon it was called Fruit Central originally? Maybe. Or something like The Market or Maybe. something, some, some weird yeah, name like that? Yeah, something like that. Like that. Mm, yeah. It'd be great yeah. to get out there. So many memories. Yeah, and, and to see that old cherry picker Guernsey. Yes. And the fruit picker goodies. Yes, yes, you wouldn't know who was who. Yeah. Uh, one of the great things, though, would be that would be a good thing to do now because mm. um, crowds, you wouldn't have the problem of crowds. No. Because it would draw. It would draw it, that fact. Yeah. Oh, you'd fill Pratt and Park. Oh, easily. With yeah, that event. You'd have uh, social distancing, a nightmare. Yeah, you would. Nightmare. You would. But go to your email. Okay, email says, she, uh, this has come from James in Canberra. Um, he says, I was wondering whether Peter Vlanders uh, played any part in dragging the Kwai court over the line, kicking and screaming vis-a-vis -vis their recent decision on the palace letters. He says, just asking the question. Okay, can I... It's ask, a reasonable question. Can I, I raise the question of 
the High the Court. Oh, the High Court. I love talking about the High Court. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yep. What I was going to do was the Cult of Eleven. Mm. Now, oh, yeah. you see, we're talking about an event that happened on the 11th yeah. of the 11th month. Yeah. All those years ago. Yes. Now, people say it has no twang, the mm. Cult of the Eleven, mm. but wherever we go mm-hmm. and whatever we do, mm-hmm. we find the Eleven bobbing up. We do. And we don't no. seek this out. No, we don't. We're it's not just, reading about no. this in the Chinese newspapers. No, no, no. They no. make no it's, mention it's of this. It's not Ch- Chinese invention, this. This is real. That's what you're suggesting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Okay, Elevenists. Uh, now, this has come from Dale. He says, uh, now that the greatest visionary Australia has ever known, Volandis, has led the country out of the lockdown, has been the saviour of rugby league, what's next for him? Uh, could it be he might turn his attention to solving, as former PM Kevin Rudd called it, the planet's greatest moral challenge, i.e. climate change? Possibly by becoming Director General of the UN first, where Kevin 07 fell short, he could lead us out of the horrible mess we're heading into. That's a thought. That's a big ask, isn't it? It is a terrific. Uh, I mean, will the world have to have a centralised climate change authority and would the name Volandis oh, yeah. be... Mm. Mm, a, a nice fit. Yeah, nice fit. Very yeah. good, yes. This has come from Victor. He says, HG, I've heard many accolades over the past few weeks towards the man of golden feathers, and deservedly so. We currently have a Prime Minister at the moment who, under the circumstances, is doing a great job, uh, but he only supports one rugby league team. I think that Peter Volander is the man to get the sporting nation of ours back. Any thoughts of Volander's for PM, he's suggesting. Well, I hadn't heard of that. I hadn't heard of that. My, my worry there is whether the Chinese would approve. I mean, I think yes. the Chinese are approving of Yeah, Morrison, maybe, they, maybe. Otherwise they I mean, would He'd also have on. to run as an independent, you know, I know, that's That'd true. That would be very difficult. Very difficult, yeah. Very but difficult. if anyone could drag himself kicking and screaming, et cetera, he could. Over the line. Now, Michael says um, the subject is my concern for Volandis. Uh-huh. He says, gentlemen, I write to raise concerns with the man of golden feathers. We're in a time when there is immense pressure placed on administrators, CEOs and others of importance within society. It's clear only a small number of those possess the feather credentials to drag their respective organisations or pursuits kicking and screaming through this crisis. Flanners is on the one end of the scale, the murderer is on the other. Ah. Now, we're already seeing well-meaning groups line up as to be expected for some assistance from the man of feathers, Rugby Union, Equestrian Australia, the manufacturing industry, the new inks, etc., cars. The list grows daily as the vacuum of viable feather-credentialed alternatives is ever clearer. Beautifully put. Now, it's clear that not even Volanders can drag every one of these groups kicking and screaming at once. His feathers won't melt off like Icarus's due to the heat of the sun. Mm. He's going to the other direction of Mars, but he will undoubtedly grow tired on his galactic journey with the weight of such encumbrances dragging his golden tail feathers. We must protect this golden feathered resource from himself. Mm-hmm. Vlanders will never say no to a challenge. That's true. We know that. So we must administer and channel his enthusiasm lest it be lost uh, among the mire of the poorly run administrative dog breakfasts so desperate for the Vlandis touch. <laughs> uh, I'll leave it to you to collective wisdom to suggest, suggest which luminaries might join what I dub the Golden Feather Council, noting your obvious workings within the inner cities of sport and government. Such a council would be good for sport, good for Australia, more importantly, good for the man of feathers himself, i.e. it would determine which should get his attention, as a list of pri- uh, priorities. Yeah. Now, coming to that. Climate change might be top of it, but you can't expect the bloke to deal with 
the problems of the IMF and climate change at the same time. No, they're heading in opposite, heading in opposite directions. directions. Exactly. Now we come to that thing that you broke last week concerning the yeah. the what do I call it the uh, selection of elders who are going to guide. Rugby Union. Oh, yes, this is John Howard, et cetera. Yeah, into yeah. a bright future. Yeah. Now, the story broke this week that eight were on that and we could only find three. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think we had a couple. Jim Molan Jim, was going oh, to Oh, you suggested Jim might have been there. Uh, wasn't there Marshall Mel Hupfeld oh, there? Oh, sorry, yes, you did. Michael Wyndham Hudson, yes, who was right. an admiral. Sorry. So sorry, there yeah. are a few names. Yeah, yeah. They seem to be a little bit now, top-heavy with the military, but, well... That's the way that's, it is. That's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, you look I, for leadership, I, I, don't you? Look, I mean, look at the war memorial, 500 million. Now, exactly. Just to now, upgrade. Now, just to dig a hole in the ground. Yeah. Now, we go on, could Volandis be ex officio because he runs rugby league on that body mm. to drag rugby union into the future kicking and screaming? Oh, Obviously, it won't come easily, rugby no. union. It wants to stay where it is. No. Otherwise, it wouldn't move But it's too ago. hard. Can you imagine for someone like Volandis, it'd have to drag John Howard... All of these generals, uh, Peter Cosgrove, etc., Jim Mullen, he'd have to drag all of them kicking and screaming over the line before he can even get to rugby history. You see what I mean? I know. If anybody could, he could. Oh, okay. You know, that's the yeah. upside. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly <clears throat> where we look to for leadership now because... Um, well, know, whoever's responsible for whatever's happening at Concord Oval. Great! Australians, these are rugby league heroes we should never forget. Kevin Hardwick, Steve Edmund, Tulson Tollett, Horry Hastings, Lord Ted Goodwin and Brett Horsnell. All remembered fondly with thoughts and prayers on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, both the Australian Rugby League, this is tidying up a couple of things, and New Zealand Rugby confirmed Thursday they were considering the potential historic clash under the mixed rules format following a proposal put forward by promoter Dean Lonigan. Now, Lonigan bought the Jeff Horn manny Pacquiao fight to Brisbane in 2017, mm-hmm. has been pitching a proposal for a clash of the codes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. COVID financial crisis provide a more willing ear at the NZR. Uh, they agreed at a board meeting early this week. Now... This is not good, is it? People sitting around with time on their hands cooking yeah. up these ideas. Silly ideas, aren't they? Silly ideas. Well, I don't mind the All Blacks playing the uh, the the Kangaroos at tennis. Now you're talking. You see what I mean? That makes sense. Or cards, or yeah, lawn bowls. Lawn bowls. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Something neutral. That that would be interesting. It would yeah. make a terrific TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And people would be I, very interested. Can in I? That. Can or I? Or having them live together in the one house for. Big Brother style. For a week, yeah. yeah. Now, look, can I just say uh, a sport that seems to have dropped off completely off the radar is squash. Mm. I'm not sure if people are still playing squash or if squash courts still exist. Mm. But remember when we were much younger, squash was a boom sport and you getting a couple of squash courts was yeah. a ticket to a... Was it Heather Mackay? Heather Mackay. She, uh, she won... Played 13 she, she, in a row, yeah, yeah, 13 World Championships, Championships in a row. row. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenon, absolute mm. phenomenon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But it wasn't a favourite sport of mine, but to no. get squash going again... Yes. All Difficult to turn into TV because no, you true. can only see it yeah, from up top looking yeah. down and it's, you yeah, know, it's difficult to corral, yeah. you know, unlike lawn bowls where you can... Follow it. Yeah, the follow the ball. Steady cam yes. and all that sort of stuff. It's exciting. And yes. The atomic drop, bring in a few changes like that. Yep. Ladder. Yep. Up you go. Up you drop. go. Beautiful. Now, now, do you think it'll happen? Uh, no. Oh, look, we're, who knows? People are desperate at the moment. It's a really silly period of history, isn't it? 
Certainly is. Really silly ideas could sneak through. I, I, I mean, how would you corral this? What's it going to be? The first half is rugby league rules, the second half rugby union rules. I mean, yeah, I know. It try what's sense. it worth. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, do, do we have the new conversion? The new rugby worth? rules that, oh, I mean, the scrums, how many people in the scrums? I mean, line outs, what? Yeah. Who? Yeah. I mean,. I know. I, 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 I know. wouldn't know where to start. Now, Jared from uh, Armadale has been in touch. She said, just in terms of 11ism, he's noticed that Ned Kelly was hanged on the 11th of the 11th, 1880. Just saying. He said he's just saying. Just saying. I yeah. mean, that's right. 1880. Now, 8 and 8, 16. Yeah. Uh, one more, mm. 17. Yeah. That makes 8, not very far from 11. <laughs> that's true. Now, will... Volandes, mm. dragging the clubs, kicking and screaming, to financial responsibility kill the game? Mm. Do you understand what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. financial irresponsibility well, well, is I, rugby. I see all, the, rugby all the clubs are going to go into debt at the moment. Mm. Understandably, because as we said, nothing's coming through the turnstile. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, this would not be the time to make stupid decisions. You know, expanding the, the exp- new renovations to the clubs, resurfacing a Queensland in, second team, yeah, in Brisbane, yes, mm-hmm. all no, of that, all of that sort of nonsense. I'd hang off for a while. Sacking there. coaches, yes. Well, uh, they, they, playing players, paying players too much. Well, Kearney was on a three-year deal of which he probably only coached about four games. Yes, and then he gets the bullet. I mean, you know, mm. there's, there's got to be paid something because sure. they think it might be close to a mill. Yeah. Um, Someone suggested that the All Blacks could play the Kangaroos in nines. Ah, well, that's not bad. Nines? Yeah, yeah. nines, yeah. yeah. I could see that working. Or touch. Or touch footy. Mm. Yeah, you won't get as many viewers, I don't think. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, nines is, is uh, a very attractive idea. But and did I read, HG, or were you telling me that uh, the Kangaroos coach Mal Meninga was dragging in Phil Gould and Wayne Bennett to help out on this project with the coaching of the, of the yes, team. Yes, on this project, yeah. But Wayne I Bennett, can see and Phil, egos getting in the way here. Yeah, well, can I just say, Wayne, um, you know, Wayne Bennett and Phil mm. Gould, I connect them with the rugby league side. Surely yeah. he needs somebody who understands the nuance yes. of rugby union. Oh, Ro- Robbie Deans, someone like well, that. Well, I just picked that as an example. Yeah, yes, right. But you might get away with, uh, you know, John Eels. John Eels. Remember he, John Eels. Remember he coined the phrase, what would John Eels do? What would do? John Eels do? And that's what they'd ask. You yeah. know, what would John Eels do in mm. this situation? Mm. He'd be saying to Cam Smith. Now, yeah. Uh, just tidying up something from the first hour as well. Yes. Cam Smith turning up in the rooms after the 60 to 6 flogging. Mm. Um, I mean, it's all very well to say, thanks, fellas, for coming. Yeah. You know. But Knowing Cam, he would have know. gone into gloat. <laughs> exactly. Say, you know, you blokes are rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah. the scoreboard, eh? <laughs> we scored 50 odd. How many did you get? Remind me. Was it? Six. <laughs> Observant Australians, have you noticed a hero quietly going about their work at your local club? Jumper washers, line markers, witches' hat wranglers, sandwich makers. You know the type. Quiet, hardworking, no tickets, just real Aussies. Well, the Peter Volandis Local Rugby League Hero Award is back for 2020. Nominate your local hero now on 0467 920 222. 
And the Volandis Award will be announced on November the 8th as part of that wonderful night of glamour uh, where the Verstappen medal for 2020. Is that right? Yes. The Volandis Award? The Volandis Award is part of that. It's starting to take shape nicely Ooh, now. isn't it ever? And uh, it'll be obviously a, a night of... Yeah. Uh, can I just say... Could this we up? switch it to the 11th of the 11th? Just to mm, really to twang the elevenists. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're on the, you're on the committee. Yeah. Organising. I'll it. have a word. Okay. See, see how you I go. Report back next week. Drag it, kicking and screaming, screaming over, over the to line. the 11th. Yep. Um, now, of course, can I coin a phrase here that I'm don't usually like uh, using? The Verstappen's night of nights for Australian sport. <sighs> I mean, it has got a serious. It's leaving me cold. <laughs> It's leaving me cold. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, and you know why. I know, yeah. yeah I know. You're just saying it to I don't. get up, mate. Yeah. I understand that. Okay. Now, well. the big news in sport this week, of course, was the Women's World Cup coming in 2023. Yeah. And uh, this is quite a quite an event because I think they've expanded the number of teams to come. Mm. And never mind the problems with air travel, I assume that's going to be sorted out somehow or that they'll all become A-class citizens, all the players, right. and be able to move around. And remember, of course, some will have to go to play New Zealand. Yes. Uh, we were trying to work out it's going to be spread pretty widely across Australia yeah. and lots of people will be involved. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of Town's putting their hands up. How many games are in New Zealand? I assume it's only one or two. Uh, yes, and when I assume Belarus plays, uh, oh yes, you know, yeah, Mongolia. Sure, that'll be the one. That'll be that pipe opener in, <laughs> in Auckland. <laughs> now, yeah. one thing that worried me about this was the lobbying in terms of the votes. Now, an odd source was Eddie Maguire, the Collingwood president. Oh yes, uh, he's the game show host. Game show host, yes, sorry, yes, mm. the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire yes. game show host. Or is it called Hot Seat? <laughs> millionaire sure. Hot Seat. I'll have to check my TV guy. Yeah, I think it's called Hot Seat these hot days. Seat, isn't that great? Yeah. Uh, now, he was speaking on uh, Triple M, the mm. uh, radio station, mm. and he hoed into the English uh, oh, people yes. and the, it, it's apparently the boss of the FA... Uh, Clark and the Francis representative, Noel de Great, who you hate, I know for a fact, yes, yes. Uh, were frustrated at the position they found themselves in following a perceived steamrollering of the decision. They were dragged kicking and screaming. Yeah, they were. In UEFA's meeting ahead of the vote. Now, it, Clark was forced to toe the line because he's up for re-election at UEFA as a UEFA representative on the FIFA Council next year. Now, that's an urn. I've got to say that right from the start. Anybody on the FIFA Council, it's a lay-downers there that you're earning. Even when you're not doing anything, you're earning. Even when you don't do anything, you're earning. Exactly. Now. It's as good as being on the board of the Future Fund, (laughs) isn't it? That's the job I want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, uh, he remember, of course, the FIFA decide where the men's comp goes, I mean, after mm, yeah, Qatar or, yeah. you know, I think I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, they've given it to America after that's that right, and then the one after that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mm. power broking and lunches to be had. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the background. So they were locked in the votes though, to vote for uh, Colombia, I think. Or so, Australia. Yeah. Or Australia. Because Japan pulled out. That's right. Correct. But anyway, these guys were on the on the FA yeah. were following the party line, yeah. which was we'll vote for Colombia. Yes. Now... Eddie says, uh, you know, he opened up with the, you know, obviously got in there early and sort of worked up his rage, Mm. you know, looking at the Collingwood fixtures. Now, it was good to see that England voted in in solidity with Europe. Mm. That's the mob they've just Brexited. uh, Remember that. So remember next time we have a world war, 
and you call us up for help, we'll remember, okay, now that's a long bow to draw, isn't it? Isn't it? I thought we were, sport was meant to put all that to one side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's staggering that the Poms could uh, look themselves in the mirror today, not voting for Australia, you know, can look themselves yes. in the mirror today because they didn't vote for Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Here's the other block they're involved with, mate. It's called the Commonwealth. How about that one? They voted for Colombia or Australia or New Zealand. Uh, you know, they obviously voted for Colombia. Ah, the ones, that'd be the Anzacs, wouldn't it? Yeah. You yeah, see so where this is going? So he's upset, yeah. He got yeah. very upset. Yeah, well, I'm surprised the, the Prime Minister hasn't said something about this or, or Maurice Payne, the Foreign Minister, or indeed the Trade Minister, wherever's our Trade Minister mm-hmm. at the moment. Birmingham, I think. Birmingham. Because mm. I'd be cutting off all trade with England. Because of this? Yes. You know, what an excellent idea it would mm. give Australia uh, an independent voice. In it would. People would come and see us in a new light. It would. We just don't kowtow to any other nation. Yep. We're not part of the Belt and Road. We're not part of America. Exactly. We're not part of England. Well, well, a bit of Victoria is part of the Belt and Road, I think. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, or the, the, that notwithstanding, yeah. yeah. But, but it, would, it would send a clear signal to Beijing that we're serious. Serious. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Can I ask in We refuse to sell them our butter to begin with. And our Tim Tams. Sure, and Tim I, Tams, yes. So get right up the nose of their Prime Minister. Yeah, that's right. And Vegemite apparently is a big thing he likes too. Yeah, right, right. Well, it's gone. Anything he likes is gone. See, you know, as a nation, mm. uh, you know, will he... Well, this is about self-respect, isn't self-respect, it? Self-respect. Self-respect. That's right. Now... I mean, how can we sit down with these people knowing they've voted against us and, and we're meant to be mates, you know, Gallipoli, all of that? You know, I mean, he's got a point. I don't often agree with the host of uh, Hot Sea. <laughs> now, but, can I just come to Gallipoli as an issue here? Mm. We're never going to lose it, are we, in these things? I mean, this is world football. Yeah. A lot of these nations... I don't oh, you think, kind of, oh, you think um, we might lose it? Well... They might give it to Colombia just, just to... In spite. In, well, right. A, we haven't got your butter. It's going to Colombia, that sort of thing. Well, well let's see him try. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing we'd have to send over an Anzac class bloody frigate. One of those <laughs> straight down the Thames. <laughs> right. Now what I want what I want to get to though is more the idea that a lot of people know the war memorial's getting dug up and a huge mm. new room so big you can fly Mitsubishi Zero in it is being built in there. Yeah. Now the thing I want to get to though is is Gallipoli still the touchstone that it was? Yeah. And is any, you know, sort of I don't oh, know. Oh, I see. Is it still current as an issue? Is it still current as a rallying cry? Because let's face it, so well, many... I would have thought in this world, HG, where there is suggestion of bringing back the eight times tables and Dorothea McKellar into our curriculum, mm-hmm. that Anzac and ah. Gallipoli is back where it belongs, but you right on the very top, and you know. Places, you know, the ABC and the National Gallery and all of these other bloody places can complain about having their budgets cut and look at the 500 million go to the War Memorial when they don't need it. Live with it! Terps, Mytho, Bleach and Hand Sanitizer in equal parts. Try it! What have you got to lose? This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Ah, uh, yes, now. Uh, Sorry, Roy. Eric's been in touch, HG, yeah, uh, on the text here. He says, please note, according to mathematics of M theory, space-time consists of 11 dimensions. This used to be, I call, think, called string theory. I think it was based on 11 dimensions. Right. Is that being taught at schools now? No, not in schools. I'd suggest it might be taught in some universities, however, mm-hmm. which we'll have to look at once we've finished with schools. We'll have to get the university curriculums singing on the same 
from the same hymn sheet, if you know what I mean. You know what disappointed me about those announcements about yep. the back to basics, which yes. I understand that you get rid of puppetry. I mean, I didn't realise you could do puppetry no, in school. No, did I. And you know, Australian puppets... I'm never convinced by puppets. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. You can put your hand in a sock and go, and, you know, it's amusing for half a second. But after that, it sort of loses it, doesn't it? It does. Well, it's the sophistication of puppets, <laughs> you know. You've got to remember Australia's record with puppetry, the Tintukis. Oh, yeah, oh, they're great. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. And so many kids loved the Tintukis growing up and mm. were lured back into the puppetry world by the puppetry of the penis. That's true. Which was a top-rating show for many, many years. It was. Thrilled Australians around the world. Indeed. Uh, now, did. I was But shocked. you're not suggesting puppetry of the penis is being taught in schools. What I'm suggesting is that it was a touchstone to say to kids, mm. have a look at this, kids. No. Oh. Enough. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see. You know how it works. I didn't know they were being exposed to that sort of thing. Well, remember, of course. No wonder we've had a root and branch examination. <laughs> going to rugby league. Yes. There was no mention of rugby league in that back to basis curriculum. No, there wasn't. There was no, you know, the great principles of rugby league, sure. counting to six. Yes. And then six again, people are having to count up to 18. True. 18. Yes. Then they have to take a break, obviously, so they can go back to one. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, there was no suggestion of conversion, adding no. on six, four and two. No, six in the tackles, four True. for the try, two for the yeah. conversion. True. Et cetera. True. None of that. There was no suggestion of sending, a, you know, uh, people who would allow kids to see their future and find a pathway yeah. from school into rugby league without having to do puppetry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I understand your reasoning. You don't really need puppetry. For rugby league. I, I accept that. I you accept don't. that. Or drones. And I hope if we do get bloody looking at our curriculum of our universities, I note that some people don't use logbooks anymore. What? Yeah. They don't know cos, yeah, sign, cos all sign, cosine, cotan. They're all great. <laughs> great. Why don't they do it? I don't know. <laughs> I think <laughs> Royal Commission... <laughs> What happened to the logbook? I loved it. I used to open it up. Yeah. Be amazed. I, mean, yeah, I know. Great numbers. I mean, yeah, you get kids to guess. You know, yeah. what's, you know, sign of, you know. I, I mean, could we get Volandis to drag the logbook? Kicking <laughs> and, and screaming back, back into, into our universities. Please. The greyhound industry questions the French submarine deal, the issue of fracking and the financial health of our universities. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Yes, Roy, we've talked about this before and I think you broke this story because you saw an item in the China Daily mm -hmm. uh, concerning the use of whips on horses. Now... Yeah. At racing. Now, it's difficult because historically, you know, people have used them and now they're trying to get to a new level of use or lack of use, mm. which isn't so injurious to the horse and which people, the oh. public will accept. You mean legalising the battery? The jigger. The jigger, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> here's Maxi President, of course, great a turf correspondent. Mm. Jockeys using a ball and chain like a medieval like medieval jousting is the only way protest will be upheld in Australia for whip abuse. You get the idea that no one's looking at this, yeah. therefore people are getting away with murder. Yeah. Thanks very much, Gil McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously stewards are casting an eye to whip rule breaches, fines and suspensions being dissed out when upholding a protest would be a greater deterrent. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, then he mentions, you know, obviously Des Lake, Lester Piggott, who really did build horses. Yeah. Uh, I'm not but back sc- in those days, there were no rules. Correct. You could just hit them as much as you like. I'm not squeamish to the shillelagh, yeah. uh, but the current rule does tick the fair go box mm-hmm. or does it placate those who want the whip dropped completely from the jockey's arsenal. Right. Excessive whip breaching, the present rule, doesn't make a difference to the result, according to stewards. On the score, they cannot be comfortably satisfied it would have made a sufficient contribution. Mm. So what happens yeah. here is horses are being belted, but yeah. they, they don't win, therefore they're, well, yes. too bad. Yep, yep. Now, so we had uh, here, uh, with a half length, this could be acceptable, but centimetres... You mean that if he saw a half-length improvement with a belt, he might be able to accept it, but the centimetres to tiny amounts, oh, yeah. he can't accept it. Right. A dead heat at Mooney Valley last Saturday when Billy Egan, this is a good fortnight ago, mm. urged Plen CL into a position at the end of the Harrison Cup, nine strikes prior to the 100 metres, four over the limit. Yeah. Due to a poor record in the category, Egan was fined and suspended. No action on the result, mm. meaning the horse was belted to yes. get there. Illegally surely. belted, but so the horse should have been penalised. Yeah, or at least disqualified. Disqualified, totally, yeah, because yeah. people lost their money or, or whatever. Yeah. Or it should have been pushed back to yes. second place and the other horse, mm-hmm. uh, which you've know, forgotten, yeah. uh, should have won. Now, Racing Victoria's uh, Jamie Stewart said the Stipes did not see Egan's offence before declaring correct weight. What? They didn't see the offence before the declaration. Yes. Surely they should go back. Because once you declare correct weight, that's when the money's given Mm. out, isn't Mm. it? Correct. That's when you collect your winnings. Now, this is like a try. Yeah. Not being looked at by the bunker in rugby. Rugby league. Sure. Now, surely there should be a designated official to check whip counts and the possibility of a protest in a tight finish. Okay. So we need an official. Yeah. Somebody who knows racing. Somebody who's sounds uh, like someone, a graduate of the old curriculum, HG, who can remember how to count, who knows how idea. to count. What a lovely idea! And who's not frightened who's, by, say, six times tables or any of that, or getting out your Cuisinier books, or your, your Cuisinier rods. Now, which was the uh, project, Which was the case in the Coolmore Handicap at Rose yep. Hill last Saturday when word for word beat Bound to Win mm. um, to Win Arrow. Hang on, Bound to Win Arrow by an eyelash. Yeah. Prior to the weight being declared, stewards identified James McDonnell hitting word for word ten times prior, five over the limit to the 100 metres, but weren't completely satisfied he gained an advantage. Yeah. Now, much has changed, Well, that, be, that becomes uh, a judgement issue, doesn't it? It's, it's hardly science anymore when that starts to, when that nonsense creeps into racing. It, it, I, 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 look, I think it's really got to be examined, H.G. I, I mean, for a long time now, I've been one of those calling for removal of the bridle and the reins. <laughs> so that a jockey to stay on... Would really have to hang well, on with the hang thighs. On, hang on to the pommel. Yes. So both hands would be occupied. Forget the whip. So then it just comes down to the speed of the horse. Now, what's your response from officialdom's, you know, of yes. racing officialdom with regard this? Yes. What have they said about your proposal to get rid of the whip? Well, they said so I was get... insane. <laughs> do you con- insane. Uh, do you consider yourself How did that insane? make me feel? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is a real... And, and have you written a submission for them? I have. Have they read it? No. <laughs> Quiet Australians, raise the Olympic gaze and reset the controls for July 2021. Stand by for a golden shower in Tokyo. 
punters, stay up to date with updates right here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, and we've got another fabulous prize to give away. This time another poster pack to the, uh, the Royal HG, the Dream at the Olympics and the Ice Dream double posters. You might be renovating and looking for something for the wall. This would make an ideal, um, you know, an ideal gap filler. Uh, on your renovations and, God, who isn't thinking renovations at the moment with that grant mm. that the government's dishing out? That's just incredible. You yes. might be able to build on a granny flat at your place. Yeah. Or... Are you extending into your roof? I, I, I am, but so my I saw main... some preliminary preliminary drawings that you were doing that looked very interesting. <laughs> very exciting developments and, of course, I'm putting on the car port in a funny spot. I've well, taken... you can't get a car in there. No, <laughs> it's a separate thing. Mm. I've had to revise that and now I've got the carport out the front of the house. Oh, much better. Uh, on the other <laughs> side of the verge. I think the council's <laughs> going to get a shock when they see it. And apart from that, we've got a terrific uh, CD of the Royal Embra Military Tattoo 2019 from Sydney. Now, oh, we gave away fantastic. the DVD of that we last did. week. People love that and they they're did. clamouring for more. The best we could do is come out with a CD of it. So yeah. that's great. But the sound is so good on that you can almost see it. <laughs> For some lucky listener who can answer the following question, fire away, Roy. Okay, what is the new date proposed for the inaugural Verstappen Medal? What is the new date proposed? You're camped on the blind side. The tent flaps are flapping and you need a big stink from Roy and HG. Who are we talking to, Roy? Yeah, we're joined by Nikki, who's joining us from the Gold Coast. How are you there, Nikki? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Now, Nikki, you're not a million miles away from the from where all the players are on the uh, Sunshine Coast, I think. Do you ever get to no, see no. many of the players? Well, no. I, I try not to go looking for them because, um, well, you've really opened up a can of worms. See, I, I'm on the Gold Coast, but I am an Adelaide Crows girl. Oh, Lord. You, you'd be in yeah. a slow of despond. Yeah, so I, you know, I'd rather not see them so that they yes. don't see how, you know, upset I am about their current situation. Yeah. Well, beautifully summed up it there. Is, you, you know, the desperation in your eyes flitting yeah, across, say, Rory Sloan. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't yeah. be able to, you know, all he'd remember was the uh, Tigers theme song, yeah. club song, I think. Well, yeah. That, no, it, that appears that that's been focus. more impactful on them than people originally first thought they bust trip with the paper bags over their heads, doesn't it? Mm. I know. It's really not not what they were wanting at that time, I wouldn't have thought. No. Have, now, you, have you got a second team, Nikki, that can offer you some sucker? Well, funnily enough, uh, Gold Coast Suns. Oh, yes. well, the Suns oh, have turned go. it right around, haven't yeah. they? I know. Yeah, so I've really embraced. Um, you know, I'm I'm born and bred Adelaide, but yeah. I'm a resident of Gold Coast. So I think after 12 years, it's only right that not that I'm a turncoat, but no. I need to put my my attention elsewhere. Just to be fair. Sure. Would you ever consider moving back to Adelaide, or are you now really settled on the Gold Coast? Uh, my heart's in Adelaide, um, but the short answer is no. But I do have some wonderful memories. And if I may just quickly ask you to walk down memory lane with me. Mm-hmm. We'd love okay, to. just quickly. Yep. Oh, great. And it does get back to the, um, you know, racing industry and um, the question that I'm about to answer for you as well. Mm. But um, you actually did a little uh, take on my 21st birthday, which was 29 years ago when I was a resident of Adelaide. Mm. And my birthday 
uh, turned 21 on Melbourne Cup when uh, Let's Salute won all those Whoa, years ago. Oh, memories. Yes. Bart so Cummings, did, uh, yes, wonderful training a, performance. Yeah. That's right. And I did have um, my 21st birthday. You did a little, uh, a friend of mine sent something in and uh, you talked about me turning 21 all day on a Saturday, which, right. you know, is quite now. Here I am ringing you all the way from the Gold Coast. Yes. And it's and I, I suppose in, the, right, in those days you would have had no idea that you were going to end up on the Gold Coast. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Yeah. It would have been the furthest yeah. thing from your mind. It was. I was in Strathalban. Yes. Oh, Strathalban, lovely part. Yeah, little country town. Never would have thought I'd be up here in the, uh, yep. you know, the bustling Gold Coast, um, barracking for the um, sun. For the sun. Yeah, because, well, they weren't even a thought then, were they? No, they, no, weren't. they weren't. No, they weren't. And that's excellent. What a yeah. great connection. Radio's great, isn't it, the way it yep. connects people? Yep, it does. In a way that other mediums just can't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right. That we did something exactly. for you 29 years ago, and yes. now you're doing something for us 29 years yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's who'd it's got a beautiful it? balance to it, doesn't it? It does. It's the completion does, of yes. a story. Yeah. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well Nikki, we should get to the question. Now, the question is, what is the new date proposed for the inaugural Verstappen Medal? It's the 11th of November, which ironically is the month the Melbourne Cups run as when I celebrated my 21st and now I'm turning 50 in November. <laughs> I think it's only right because it really is one of those months that, well, I'm going to remember and I'm sure yep. you both will. Yep. Um, and again, the 11th, it's all about remembrance. and It is. And, yeah, Nikki, do you see yourself as joining the, the religion of the Eleven, the Elevenists? Uh, well, no. No, 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 no. All right, fair but enough. But if no. the Verstappen medal was located on the Gold Coast, is it the sort of thing that you might be able to make time for to go along and be part oh, of that yeah, glamorous of sport? Oh, the red carpet. The red carpet. Mm. And, yeah. You know, obviously we wouldn't have any crow people there, as in Adelaide crow people, no. because that would bring you down. But uh, apart from that, then we might be able to get some sons along. Yes, we would. And uh, Oh, yeah, and that would be excellent. And there's, you know, so many wonderful venues on the Gold Coast to run a red carpet. That's the thing. Right, look, you could put a red carpet down anywhere, anywhere on the Gold Coast and it looks great. Absolutely. Now we've got the tw two posters and the uh, Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo Sydney 2019 CD for you. And uh, thanks very much for those memories. Yeah. And thanks very much for being part of Bludging on the Blind Side. The AFL Opera, A Murderer Calls. Four quarters of blood, mayhem, death, sloop-pointing north action and getting the hard ones on the turn previews this October across Australia. Sponsored by Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, oddly enough, still with uh, those thoughts of Melbourne Cups and mm -hmm. yesteryear and 29 years ago. Yes. Uh, as you know, of course, uh, the <coughs> 1992 Melbourne Cup was won by Sub-Zero mm -hmm. and Graham Salisbury, who uh, was Subby's handler for all that time, has sadly passed away. Oh. And um, he will go down as one of the great sports, great ambassadors and community servants. Yeah. servants. Yeah. He made it to 76, died in Bendigo Hospital. Mm. The retired clerk of the course will have always be remembered for his special bond with Sub-Zero, a grey. Well, I have very fond memories of seeing him on Sub-Zero as clerk of the course. You would have. Yeah. You would have. Now, he uh, <coughs> he took the horse uh, around the country and the world to share him, obviously, as only you can with a horse, yeah. with um, his kids, 
uh, the elderly and the elderly and the sick, much in the manner that you've done with Rooting King. Yes, but Sub loved it. Uh, yeah, Rooting, yeah, much more than Rooting King. Rooting King doesn't like kids, and he doesn't like schools. And whenever I'd take him to a school, he'd kick something down or do some damage. He'd disgrace himself. He'd disgrace himself. He'd, of course, he would. He'd often poo in the classroom. He would. You know. Speaking of which, didn't Sub Zero join us for Dump Lotto? He did once. That's a memory. Yes. Now that's a long time ago. It is a long that time. That was the ago. last World Cup. It was. Rugby World Cup in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, now good uh, friend, uh, racing journalist Bruce Clark said Salisbury, this is Graham Salisbury, never made a dollar out of Sub Zero. They were no. as one. No. Graham would just go and sit on an upturned crate and sit there and have a stubby with Subby. Mm. What a beautiful idea. What a good name for a record. Is, a Subby yeah. with Subby. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he'd talk to him. It was an incredible bond. Nothing was manufactured. Mm. And it's very sad to think that. Yeah. Now the two greats have passed on, the That's two true. Melbourne Cup greats. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, well, obviously it brings back so many memories. It does. I, I have a lot of fond memories, all good, of uh, mm-hmm. Sub-Zero. Do you think your career Graham. with the King has you modelled yourself? Benefited, yes. Well, and, and modelled yourself on Graham and Sub-Zero? Yeah. Well, pa- well it occurred roughly, roughly at the same time, HG. Uh-huh. They were contemporaries. But mm-hmm. uh, I have very fond memories of um, Graham allowing me to introduce... Rooting King to Sub Zero, mm-hmm. just to see how they'd get on. They didn't. Uh, no surprises there. You know, I think uh, a singular horse is uh, Rooting King. Yeah, well, he tried to bite Sub Zero. Yeah, we would straight. Graham didn't like that. No, that was fair enough. So yeah. I just took him away and put him back in the float. And took him up. Yeah, and put the batteries back on <laughs> just to settle him down. Shut him up. Now, uh, what happened every so often, I know the news would talk about events would happen and mm. refer to the Great Cup that he won in 1992. Yeah. Uh, what happened when the King came across those willy-nilly on the set in the, yeah. obviously, the stall that he's in there at Brooding King Lodge? Mm-hmm. I mean, was there violence? Yeah, often there was, yeah. And he could recognise the 1992 Melbourne Cup, obviously from Bruce McAvaney's call. Yeah, oh, yeah, well... He hated Bruce. Well, yeah. he hated Bruce, yeah, and as you know, he would lash out at any television set that had Bruce on it at any, st- at any time. I'd have to warn people. You know, make sure you're not covering the AFL or anything when I bring the King around because he'll kick your TV in. And they used to laugh at me and think it wasn't going to happen. But uh, many a time, you know, you'd hear the AFL bleeding out through the lounge room window. King would just barge straight through the front door. You couldn't stop him going to the lounge room and create absolute bloody mayhem. Aussies, there are so many great sibling league heroes. They are never far from our thoughts. Brad and Craig Izzard, Appersign in Nosy Toga, Steve and Peter Mortimer, Brett and Darren Plowman. All remembered with respect here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, speaking of cross-code action, um, Paul Gallon turned up at Awaratars training this week. Did he? And I just sort of wondered what sort of confused message that sends to yeah. young kids looking for a pathway into either code. Yeah. Do I have to become like... Was he invited, H.G., or did, you just, did he just barge in Rooting King style? I think he just barged in. He saw the boys having a cup of tea oh. around the, as you can see in the photos here, this is poor radio, All sitting right. around the table, obviously the coach... And uh, did he grab a microphone and yeah, address them? he did. He did. Uh, he, he told a rapt Waratah squad... Rapt! <laughs> Well, you've got to remember that language has lost a lot of its meaning here. So. A disinterested Waratah <laughs> squad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> many of whom were New South Wales juniors and bleed blue. Uh, you know, he's talking to them. He's talked about uh, you, you want to go out there and give it all for your state. 
but mostly for your teammate. Well, isn't that a refreshing message? It is. Let me get my head around that again. Do it all, give it all for your state. But more but importantly. But more importantly, more f- do it all for your teammates. I know. That's impossible. That's so simple. I know. You see, we complicate things. We when, do. When you get Fittler talking about, yes. you know, shoes off, walk around the grass. Earthing and, and yes, all of that. Sit in pyramids and yes. all that sort of stuff. It loses me. It yes. loses it, me. Well, it loses honest. me. It, it might be right. I mean, there might be some <laughs> magical qualities that a pyramid has that we don't quite understand, the same with the number 11. Mm. But it doesn't help with your rugby league uh, or your rugby union, as it turns no, out. No, they're just lost. Mm. Uh, Gallant's visit to the Waratahs, Daceyville Demountables. And oh, yeah. I thought, is that all we can afford now for rugby union? Demountables. Right. And can I ask, why wasn't John Eels asked along to yes. spread the message? Is that where they were? Daceyville. Daceyville Demountables. Right. Now, well, Daceyville's a very interesting suburb near near the airport. It's, it's got quite a, a famous or a very ambitious uh, architecture was put in, you know, I want to say the 1930s or 40s. Uh, it might have been a little bit earlier than that to give people, uh, working oh. working people, um, a plot of ground. And suitable housing. Yeah. Now, is that the one near the Kingsford Roundabout? Yeah. Okay. That's really excellent. It is. It's a beautiful suburb. And um, I've got to say is um, I just hope they haven't knocked over that housing to put the demountables in. Well, which sounds, is by the, the sounds of it, they have done. It's the way of Sydney yeah. doing that. <laughs> anyway, after months of substantial pay cuts, the New South Wales player and the interstate counterparts were being asked to agree to reduce wages for the rest of the year. They'll be mm. doing it for nothing. Yep. Uh, I'm just wondering where Gal pitched that message. Yeah. You know, play for the love of the game. Yes. You know, don't worry well, about... Well, if I would have been Gal, I would have gone back to rugby union's amateur roots mm-hmm. and say, back in the day, many players paid to play, to play yeah, no, that's rugby union. Beautiful. That would have been... That, would have been that an message item. would have stiffened them right up. It would. Now, can I leave the uh, the blind side this week with... Uh, well, I just hope this turns out okay. Yeah. Jason Maloney is ready to overcome his twin brother's shock loss... And a significant size disadvantage to claim victory in Las Vegas against Mexico, uh, Mexico's Leonardo Baez. Whoa. Now, Jason and Andrew Maloney, twins, yeah, yeah. were aiming to make Australian boxing history this week with two major wins heading se- headlining separate fight cards at the MGM Grand Casino. It doesn't get much bigger than that. That's never happened before. The fairy tale result was dashed on Tuesday when Andrew lost his WBA super flyweight world title in a close unanimous points decision against Texan fighter Joshua Franco. Yeah, Jason better, it said, better it was rigged. Better it was rigged. completely Because it was rigged. Yeah. It was in Las Vegas. Mm. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm ready to go, Jason said. We didn't come to Las Vegas for two losses and I'm ready to avenge his loss and take a huge step forward in my career towards getting a shot at a world title. When's it on? Jason and Bayers will fight over 10 rounds in their non-title bantamweight bout Thursday, 10 a.m. Friday, A-E-S-T. So Friday morning, 10 a.m. for this one. Well, that's something to look forward to. It certainly is. And what a story. What a story. Twins. Twins. Just with a speck of dynamite in each hand, looking for somebody to thump. Yes. In Las Vegas. Yes. Rigged. Judges. Everything against them. It's a great story. I love stories about twins. I'd love to do a film about the Morris twins. Yes, the rugby league stars. Yes. That is an incredible story. Yeah. I mean, Brett Morris was extraordinary last. They're getting better. Three tries. Three tries. Mm. They're getting better, the Morris twins. I know. Remember, of course, I'm playing St George, so. Oh, I'd forgotten that. You're right. And it a little bit, doesn't it? Look, sadly, uh, time is... not much of a film there at all. 
Sadly, time has beaten us once again. Uh, thanks very much to, obviously, Dave and crew for getting us there. And uh, there'll be more Blindside next week. Enjoy the disappointment. See ya. It's a captain's call. Thanks, ref. Blokes, let's have a bludge on the blind side with Roy and HG. Hi there, bludges. HG Nelson with a quick reminder that the ABC has great Podcast, Roy, what are some of them? They do. I, I enjoy Norman Swan's podcast. I yes. enjoy Conversations as she. I enjoy the Phil Davis podcast. That's beauty. It's tremendous stuff. And then we got the best of Grandstand in the Outer Sanctum. Haven't heard that yet. Looking forward to it.